Welcome to another episode of Discipleology, a podcast where we discuss all things discipleship. Today with Chris and Mary again, uh, today we're talking about community. We're talking in a kitchen because this is where a good community building uh, can take place. So I'm going to start off with reading Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. It is like fine oil on the head running down on the beard, running down Aaron's beard onto his robes. Did you pick that because of your beard? Absolutely. You've (laughs) also got a good beard. Mary, you will never know what it's like to have a good beard. So how do we do community? How do we live in unity with one another? How do we do this? I'd like to start with, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't build community by having Andrew grill us something. Or My apologies. Something. Right. We are in a kitchen with no food. I did make you coffee, so you're welcome. I know. Um, but I, I appreciate the coffee. But yeah, I would have enjoyed a grilled cheese, but that's okay. No, I, I think that's a that's a good question, especially right now, because it feels like the world is in disunity. Our country is in disunity. Politically, we're we're not unified. And so I think it's important that we focus on why we do community, even before we we do community. Um, you know, one of the other episodes we talked about discipleship and a question I get a lot of times is, can you uh, be discipled or disciple somebody by yourself or disciple yourself? And and yes, you can, but is it, is it better in community? Absolutely. I mean, we need people around us to uh, help us grow, growing leaders, grow leaders. And so we need people to hold our hands up like, you know, Moses had in uh, his community. We need people to pray for us. And so I just can't imagine doing life without just people in my life, my community, my group, my family. So yes, we need community. Yeah, absolutely. And even more so right now when we aren't getting it by proxy. Uh, Community, in a lot of cases, without being intentional, was happening uh, before COVID because you're going to run into people. You're going to see them at church. It's just going to happen. It is far more difficult in a season where those moments don't happen. And I think for me, I've seen that I was not as intentional as I thought I was being uh, because I was relying on those moments of just running into someone in the hallway or, you know, running into someone at church on Sunday to check in with them. And yet community is really what happens around a table. It's those moments of life that aren't, uh, they're, they're not as scripted as a, a service at church or even that like really short conversation you have in the hallway between Sunday school and, and church. Uh, but it is, it's sharing meals, it's sharing life, which has been a little more difficult this season. So Acts 2.42, breaking yeah. bread together, right? So what are we supposed to do? How are we, we're in COVID and so we yep. can't meet together. Practical tips. How am I supposed to reach out to my neighborhood or reach out to our friend groups and actually build this and make it better? Yeah. I think we have to be really intentional with it now. Like Mary talked about, it doesn't happen accidentally hardly anymore. We're not running into people. And so we have to intentionally build that community through technology, through Zoom, through um, this thing called the the phone, uh, <laughs> which as an Enneagram 5 and an, a little bit of an introvert, it was never my favorite thing um, talking on the phone. But ac- actually, since this whole thing started with COVID, I love a phone call. 
I love mm-hmm. hearing another voice on 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 the phone. And so it's it's utilizing technology. It's utilizing the phone. It's um, you know, going spaced at a park outside, which my group did for a few months when we could during the summertime. So really uh, intentional and getting creative with it. Yeah. Yeah. We talk a lot on this podcast or have talked previously in the podcast about intentionality and availability. Yeah. So those two things, you can do so much community. Mary? Yeah. How are we doing the house? Yeah. Well, we've seen so much growth just in the relationships among our neighbors as people are driving far less. Uh, we've done a whole lot of dinners in our driveway. We have a driveway that kind of sits right beside our That's neighbor's fun. driveway. So we do a lot outside with them. Uh, my kids don't care that it's cold outside. They just want to play with the next door neighbor. And so uh, we've been able to build some relationships that before everyone was so busy It was more just like a wave as we're getting in our cars. Uh, We started a book club in our neighborhood. So we all read the same book for a month and then we sit in a driveway and uh, spaced out and talk about it, which has been so fruitful. Now, there are a lot of different views in that group. And that has been uh, both somewhat challenging and really edifying uh, to me as well as we see like, I don't have to be completely unified on every point to find community with people. And that there are uh, appropriate seasons to say, I'm going to agree to disagree with you on this point, uh, but we still can eat together. We still can care for one another. I'm going to make sure your kids are good at the bus stop in the morning because it's across the street from our house. Or I'm going to like, we're going to drop something off at your house because we just love being with you guys and we love who you are. And so it has, I think for us, it has given us a new vision of how to serve our neighbors and especially those who are not like us, who would not be in our Sunday school class, our community group at church. Serves a good word. I like that. Uh, I was decided. I decided to cut down a tree in my backyard, and it started off with let's just cut a few limbs out. And I climbed up the ladder, big twenty foot tall ladder, grabbed my chainsaw, and just started going to town. And it very quickly grew into a much larger project than I had anticipated. And my wife came out and she said, "Are, are you okay? Like, do we need to call some other friends over? And I was like, my response to her was, I don't know. Uh, and so she very quickly messaged our neighborhood and slowly all of the other guys came over into our backyard and gave me a hard time about trying to cut down a tree on my own. But it was like, I, I got super teary because that's community. That was the guys in my group coming over saying, you're an idiot. Let me help you. Right. And so we all together then took down our tree. Um, I love the idea of serving. So if I can outserve my neighbor, what does that look like Mm -hmm. for a community building project? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Throughout the season, you know, in summer when people were taking vacations, we were watching other people's houses or Mm -hmm. um, feeding animals or taking out trash. And it allowed us, I agree with you, we we disagree on a lot of stuff, but we agree on the things that matter, right? We agree on Christianity and we agree on serving each other. I was just thinking about serving. What's been amazing to watch a lot of the churches who uh, through this time have really thrived, especially with community and groups. And their focus has been instead of 
focusing in on what we can't do, um, which for a lot of the country is we can't gather together in a home, you know, with a bunch of people, we can't gather in a church classroom. And so instead of focusing on that, let's focus on what we can do. And for the churches that have really built community and it's grown, it's been in that serving realm. It's been, how can we go out and serve together, maybe socially you're uh, distanced, but still together is one church in California that I talked to and they, they turned all of their groups into a serving machine and they actually have the largest um, now food bank in their county wow. because of groups that, are, that, have, that have given, that are serving. And so they've built community around that idea of serving each other because they can still do that. We can still do that whether we're able to gather, you know, in a home or we can't. So, yeah, it's really focusing on those things that we can do and serving is that. And, you know, in my history, I know that the best community that has come out of out of my groups or other groups has, has come out of serving opportunities, mission trips, short-term mission trips. Um, when we would go out and serve the community on a serve Saturday, that's when our group would grow together. That's when we would get to know each other. And so I think that's a beautiful place to build community right now. Yeah, for sure. I think we're seeing it too within neighborhoods. There's this like a ability or excitement to adopt your neighborhood and to really pray for them and to really connect with the people who live nearby, who really are your literal neighbors. Uh, but also, as you're saying, I think there's such a need that can be met. And so as schools needed lunches, uh, groups in our church were able to say, you know what, we can't all be in the same room, but we can drop off food somewhere. Someone can pack it up and we can make sure that those kids have meals over the weekends uh, or during, you know, during the days that they're not at the school. And so I think it's a great opportunity. And again, it sets the course for after COVID that our groups then become really missional, really aligned with the mission that God has given the church to take the gospel to the nations, to take the gospel to our neighbors. Uh, and rather than being really internally focused, and I think that's the challenge of community is it can cause us to be really inward facing of like, let's develop really strong relationships within this tiny group or this singular uh, unit when uh, looking outwardly really is where we we draw the greatest benefit of community and we we grow the most. So intentionality, that word is uh, maybe a little vague, uh, but I love the idea of intentionally serving. That gives me an action step because what does intentionality mean? Well, how do we serve one another? Are there other things that we could tie into uh, an intentionality that needs to be for community? Yeah, I would say that everyone, whether they realize it or not, is already in community or is already a part of a group. So coming at it, uh, the mindset of if you have groups and you want people to join groups to be in community, everybody pretty much already has that. I mean, if you have a kid that's in sports, uh, you have a community with the other parents and the other kids. If, you know, our kid is in band, so she's always done band. And so we get to know the other parents because we're all at the same competitions and the same gatherings. And, you know, or if you live in a, a 
community like where you live, obviously, and I live in, in downtown Nashville, there's really a community feel there. So we already have those things. So I think it's important that churches are intentional about why um, why biblical community matters. Mm-hmm. How do we get God into the communities that are already there? So how are we equipping people that are in our care, that we are shepherding to have gospel conversations in the communities they already are in? Now, we do want them to be intentional about Bible studies. I think that's important. But just like you said, Mary, especially right now, how are we equipping people to just have those conversations in their neighborhood, in those uh, friend groups, in those parent groups, and and intentionally equip them for for uh, discipleship within community. I think there's also on the flip side of that a need for um, just a a pattern of repentance and confession within these community groups. Likely, that's going to be a smaller, like a D group. Um, but I do think in a lot of cases, we've lost kind of the cadence of that. We've lost the asking of forgiveness of one another. We've lost confession and accountability. And so I think that as we seek community, we're also seeking to uh, work out our salvation among one another to work out what it is we're seeking to live out um, among one another and really seeking to, you know, have those cadences, not just of repentance and confession, but all of the spiritual disciplines and checking, checking in with one another to make sure that, uh, that we're all kind of running in the same direction. Um, and so, yes, let's serve, but let's also serve one another by spurring them on by, you know, iron sharpening iron, uh, within those groups. Yeah. Uh, one another's living yeah. out those one another's, um, you know, if we look at the early church, that's what they did. Right, they they lived out the one another as Andy Stanley says they were one anothering one another, yeah. um, and that's what community, especially biblical community, really needs to be about. That's the fruit. That's the fruit that you see coming out of a, a gospel community is those one another's. Mm-hmm. So authenticity, vulnerability—that's very hard. Sure. So how, I mean. How do we do that? How do we trust the people in our community? How do we how do we do this confession? Man, it's challenging. A, a lot of it comes to if you're the leader, you have to model it, uh, which is not always without easy. oversharing, right? Without oversharing and without overburdening yeah. your people. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you got to model it well. You got to open the floor. For me, my biggest challenge as a leader is I have to be okay with it just being quiet sometimes and not feeling the need to move on to the next question or move on to the next point to teach through the awkwardness. Uh, but sometimes you do just kind of have to let it sit. Um, being with a group for a substantial amount of time is where that trust is built. I have learned you can't expect people to come in, share their life story on the night first yep. night of your group, that it does take some time. It takes some community building, some eating around a table together to kind of let your guard down and know these are safe people who who want what Christ wants for me. They want me to look like him. Hmm. And so I can share hard things because they're not going to condemn those things. Instead, they're going to call me to Christ likeness. They're going to call me to repentance. And we we all need that. In our group, we call it uh, the refrigerator rights stage. 
Um, so basically when you get to that stage, the people can walk into the host home, which is our, our home most of the time <laughs> and just go to the refrigerator yes. and open up the refrigerator and get out whatever they want. When we get to that stage, that's when I feel like true community, true authenticity is starting to build. Mm-hmm. If I'm willing to go in and grab a carton of milk from your fridge, I probably know you pretty well, mm-hmm. right? You know, that, that that's that's a big step. So when we get to those refrigerator rights stages, that's when we can really start opening up. I also think another big part of it is really being prepared um, before the group meeting. So if you're doing a study, what I like to do is go through the study ahead of time. No, you know what? This is a story for my life that I can put into this this point or this topic and be a little bit vulnerable here. And once I do that, that kind of starts the, uh, the rhythm of it's okay. It's okay to tell your story, but just knowing where to fit those stories in, when to be vulnerable, when to be open. If we're at that refrigerator right stage. I love that idea. Uh, and I'm, as you're talking, thinking through my friend group of like, okay, I, I go to their fridge and I don't go to their fridge. And so I'm curious, do you just intentionally walk into somebody's fridge after a, a time and say, we're at this stage now, I'm going to grab milk. And, or do you sit back and wait for them to say, just get it out of the fridge. What do you do? I, I, I think it's a lot of modeling. So, you know, like with our group, it's something as simple as, uh, what would you like to drink? And if I'm not around, why don't you just grab it from the fridge, you know, and they get used to just being that way. Also the way we kind of present ourselves with our home, you know, we're not very formal. So when people come in, they can sit wherever they want. It's not, you know, nothing's assigned. We hang out in the kitchen for a long time. So there really is a lot of modeling that happens through spoken uh, things, through unspoken things. You know, I love Disney. I don't know if you guys love Disney, but I love Disney World, Disneyland. And if you've ever been, you'll notice the intentionality, even between the worlds within Disney World or Disneyland. If you cross over into a different world, the pavement changes, the way things are decorated changes. And that's how I kind of look at it when you're you're being hospitable or creating authenticity is everything is purposeful, but it doesn't stick out as that. You don't go, oh, wow, the world just changed or the, the pavement just changed. It just happens. And so that's how it happens with our groups. If we are intentional behind it, it'll just naturally grow into this community where we have those refrigerator rights. I think there's something to be said too for uh, these moments of community living outside of this scheduled time where our groups or our neighbors know my door is always open. So there uh, we have neighbors that'll just drop by, you know, if they have a question or they want to talk about something. And right now, of course, we still stay six, six feet apart and they'll kind of hang out on the porch. And, uh, but there's such a sweetness to them. Like I get excited that they feel comfortable coming into our space unannounced. Uh, And I think there's a lot to be said for our groups knowing uh, you're welcome here anytime. Uh, You know where the coffee is. You know where, you know, we're going to sit at the table or at the couch. Uh, Please, if you need something, please drop by. One of my favorite things is when people come and ask me to borrow tools or you can intentionally go ask one of your neighbors, hey, can I borrow X, Y, or Z? And then then just ask, how do you turn this on? What's the power? Uh, and, And 
more often than not, they will say, why don't I just come help you yeah. do this? So, uh, Chris, I think this is uh, a really good opportunity for you to model getting me some more coffee. Discipleology, thank you for watching. Uh, our free gift to you is we have an ebook on how to build better community. Uh, the website is here, and so you can download that for free. Check out Bible Studies for Life, and we'll see you next week. After you grill me a grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs>